Hey everybody, this is Ruben, and you're listening to Amazing Stories. Jenny Stevens. Episode 3. I've seen his ghost, Mum. Oh, Malcolm. But he's only been dead for just over a year. How does he seem? Listen to me, Mum. He was meant to have died in Nicaragua when I was a kid. I know, love. So how come he only died last year? I'm sorry. You okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Is, is that Polly with you? Yeah. Oh, I'm glad. Now tell her to look after you. Yeah. Mum, did you know? I was only a child. I thought he was dead when I told you. We had a farewell ceremony for him on the moors and everything. It was cruel, Mum. You're not listening, Malcolm. His friend came, said he'd seen him lying dead in a village in Nicaragua. Really? Really. He was defending a village when it got attacked. He was left broken and lifeless in the rubble. It was awful telling you that your dad was dead. To see you so upset, it was unbearable. I couldn't have done that if I didn't believe it. I suppose. Then we said our goodbyes. We got on with things. And 18 months later, he rang me. He said he'd only been injured. So why didn't you tell me then? Well, I needed time to think. It was 20-odd years ago. How long do you need? I nearly told you loads of times, but... There was always a reason not to. What do you mean? Oh, well, you know, you you, you had exams or or a cold. So you knew my dad was alive and you kept it from me? Every few months I steal myself to tell you, love. But those months turned into years and, and eventually, last year, he did die. And it seemed pointless then. It was my childhood, Mum. I, I had a right to know. I'm coming over to see you. You what? The man who rang me before... What? Victor? Yeah, Victor, that's right. He says that you can't come back yet, but they can fly me out to you from Flaxby Airfield this afternoon. Don't, Mum. She says she's coming. What, here? Yeah. I'm throwing things in a case and a car will be here in about ten minutes. Mum, really don't. You're upset? You need me. It's a trap, Mum. Oh, nonsense. You go and see Winston, he'll tell you. <laughs> Well, of course he'd stop me going. Any, any mention of Lebloski'd set him off. You don't know these people. Oh, that's the door. They're early. Mum, Mum, don't. I'll see you later. I love you, Malcolm. Mum. Bye, love. Mum. Mum, listen to me. Damn, 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 she wouldn't listen. So she's coming? Yeah, that's all we need. She wants to come and see him, doesn't she? My dad? Yeah. Do you think? Definitely. That's what it's all about. Mum. Are you feeling any better? A bit. My head's a bit, you know. Must be. I 
suppose it might have been different if you'd found him still alive. Exactly. I'd have been really fed up, but maybe after a while there'd at least been a chance to make up for lost time. Yeah. You know, earlier, I've never seen you like that. I don't know if I've ever seen anyone like that. Not close to. I'm sorry. Oh, don't be. I just lost it. I'm not surprised. Everything, all my life has been coloured by my dad's death. Oh, Malcolm. Because of my ghost scene thing, well... I've always been looking for him, Polly. For his ghost. I'm so sorry. All the time. In crowds, out shopping, football matches. I mean, I, I sort of knew that ghosts can't move around that much and, and Mum had told me he died in Nicaragua, but still, it wasn't rational. Poor old Malcolm. I was too young to know about it, but our Anthony told me some of it later. Anthony was the only friend I had. He's all right, is our Anthony. His others laughed at me because of me hippie mum. Did they? Yeah. Mind you, I don't blame them. She's barking, really, isn't she? <laughs> A bit. <laughs> Even at my dad's farewell ceremony on the moors. I mean, how hippie was that? <laughs> I'm going back to see him. Who? My dad. I'll ask Victor if he'll let me. One of his thugs can take me. You stay here and meet my mum when she turns up. If they let me, I'll go down to the sewer. I need to warn him she's coming. Here she is. She must have been the first one off. She's the only passenger. Moira! Moira, over here! She looks like she's come to stay. Where's Malcolm? I've gone to see his dad. We'll uh, take you there, Mrs Holmes. This is Victor. Victor Peshkov. Your host. Our captain. I prefer host. Can you manage that case? Yeah, I'm fine. So, where is he? He went back to the sewer where Mike is. I'll drive you over. Unless you want to freshen up first. No, no, no. Let's go straight there. Oh, please, this way the car is waiting. May I take your case? No. Thank you. I'm quite independent. <laughs> I'm sure you are. Mike often remarks on it. Does he? Do you... Uh... Do you, you know, see him, then? I have a very little talent in that direction, but his presence is so strong. It really is. Even I can see a sort of shimmering in the air. I'm as psychic as a brick. Really? Strong because his death last year was so... violent. Oh, don't. Let's not talk about it. You knew he was dead, then? I mean, really dead. Died last year, dead. The British Embassy contacted me. It was deja vu. This time Moscow, not Nicaragua. And a man in a suit came round. Not Comrade Kevin in his anorak. I see. <sighs> of course, I, I couldn't tell Malcolm. Thought his dad died years ago. Of course. I went to bed for a week to grieve. Pretended I had flu. Felt like it. I pretended Mike was dead for so many years and... Suddenly you are. Please, get in. Oh. Right. Oh. Oh. I, I wish I'd packed so much peanut butter and kelp in here. But Russia's rubbish for vegetarians. Oh. Oh. Oh, Malcolm's been coping. I had this dream once. I was about 12 or 13, I suppose. Go on. 
well, I, just, I dreamt I was asleep and and that I woke up, well, in the dream, like, and you were standing by my bed. And then I thought, this isn't a dream. And I said, Dad, is it you, Dad? And you said, what do you think? And I said, I don't know. I thought ghosts couldn't travel. And you said, I'd travel anywhere, anywhere to be with you, son. You were alive then, weren't you? Yes, I was alive. I had to see you. You're the Noblovsky agent that died last year. Yes. So not when I was young? No. Why, Dad? I had to see you. I love you. No. Why pretend you were dead? All those years through my childhood, how could you do that to me? It was your mum's idea. Hey, don't blame mum for it. Didn't you think Malcolm would ever find out? Well, he was such a fragile kiddie. Mike and I hadn't been getting on for a long while and that upset Malcolm. Oh, I bet. And then Mike left for Nicaragua. More tears. Went to help the Sandinistas. But he'd only been gone a few weeks when Kevin, his comrade, came to see me. Said he'd seen him dead in the rubble. Oh, Moira, I'm so sorry. The worst part, even worse than hearing Mike was dead, was having to tell Malcolm. Oh. He was beside himself. Poor old Malcolm. I really thought he was dead. Of course, you would do. And then, 18 months later, Mike rang me, told me he'd survived it. Well, he could have knocked me down with, well, anything. Well, had he been in a coma or something? Oh, well, from what I can make out, he'd just been too busy. That's terrible. And I knew that if he came back into our lives, he'd, he'd always be off in some war zone or other, fighting for the revolution. Mm. Still, you must have thought he'd find out sometime. I know. There just seemed no reason to hurry into churning it all up again. So eventually you called her? Yes. Out of the blue? No. It took time to work up to doing it. <sighs> it was out of the blue for her, though, wasn't it? True. And as I expected, she didn't want to see me. She was angry. But I came over anyway that evening. I sat in the car outside the house. I watched you come home from school. You saw me? From the car. I waited for hours. Only knocked when I knew you'd gone to bed. Your mum and I talked long into the night. Yeah, well, I bet you had a lot to talk about. We did. She was angry that I hadn't got in contact sooner. Yeah, well, you should have. We'd more or less split up before I left. You should have called, Dad. The Sandinistas were being bombarded. Reagan was selling arms to Iran, then giving the proceeds to the Contras. It was shocking. When I was recovered, I needed to start helping them again. They'd saved my life after all. Even so, just a, a phone call. The village had been destroyed. It all had to be rebuilt. But that doesn't help me, does it? I wasn't thinking straight. No. Anyway, we talked and talked. And in the middle of the night, when she went to put the kettle on for the umpteenth time, I slipped upstairs to see you. And that's when I woke up. You weren't meant to see me. But I did. We spoke. You fell back asleep after a moment. 
I came downstairs and your mum was furious when she realised I'd been up to see you. Was she? She's always been a bit protective. Anyway, she said wait and see if you remembered. I left at dawn when I rang later, she said you hadn't mentioned it. No, I didn't. I didn't want to upset her. Was that it? Yeah. I didn't know. Yeah, well, you should have done. You're my dad. Mind you, I realised it wasn't going to work when Malcolm was a baby. There was some cause we were involved in, me and Mike. Yeah, but the and great was... socialist, Moira. You can't even remember the cause. Hey, you just keep driving. I'm talking to Polly. Mm. Go on. Well, as I was saying, I was upstairs one afternoon and I heard Malcolm crying. Needed his nappy changing. As I was coming down, the phone rang and I arrived to see Mike stride across the room, just stepping over the baby on the floor, just stepped over him to get to the phone. Like he wasn't there. The phone call from his comrade was more important. I don't think he heard Malcolm, let alone smelled him. So, that was it. All those faraway causes were more important to him than we were. What did you do? Nothing. But I knew it was just me and Malcolm from then on in. Are you still there, Dad? Just thinking. What about? Remembering when I met your mum at university. Both of us filled with a yearning to change the world. Turned out your mum's idea of saving humanity was to sell them nut cutlets in Ashby under Moor. I had much bigger ambitions. You abandoned me. Other boys. Other people's sons were dying in Nicaragua. You weren't dying. So you're telling me I'm selfish because I was a kid and wanted my dad? You seemed fine with your mum. Do you remember playing on the moors in the snow? Yeah. We made giant snowballs and rolled them down the hill behind the laughing dog. I remember. I needed you, Dad. Just to ask how my day was. To play in the garden. To, to be there when I got onto the school football team. I was. What? I came and watched you play. Did you? Yes. I, th I thought I saw you once, you know. I always kept well back. Yeah, it was, it was raining. You had an umbrella. I remember it. I, I thought you were a ghost. Then I, I went at the end and there was just the umbrella. I figured it couldn't be you. I mean, the umbrella was real enough and ghosts can't hold umbrellas. You did a good save. I came too far forward. Then I saw you looking towards me and you sort of straightened up. I dropped the umbrella and ran. The thing is, I'd forgotten caution. I'd been so overcome with, well, pride. I wasn't very good. <laughs> no. I was third reserve goalkeeper. But that's not the point. You tried. And you got to play when the school got chicken pox. I was so proud of you. But your mum was right. I couldn't be there for you, not properly, as a dad should be. I'd always be away, usually in danger. 
You wouldn't have coped with that very well, son. No. Me and your mum. We didn't want to hurt you. This is the longer way around, I'm afraid. We access the sewers from different points across the city. It draws less suspicion. So overpowering. Are you all right with that case? I'm fine. Just trundles. What's that? Where? There. Watching us. Oh. Ah! What are you doing? Scaring them away. Are you mad? I shot to miss. I don't believe it. This is what they're like. Who are these people? They live here. Down here? <laughs> they are dispossessed all over the world. Oh, so scary. No, they're not threat. They've learned to fear us. I think Moira meant scary for them. When you say they've learned to fear you... We shoot a few. The rest learned the lesson of this. You killed them! Collateral damage? They had children with them! The world is a dreadful place for most children. We make it better for those who come after them. Does... does Mike know? Does Mike... <laughs> what has he become? What's all this about? Destabilization. I make it so financiers don't know what to invest in any longer. The system will crash. Nut cutlets won't change the world, but truly I can. Please, after you. Oh, Malcolm. Malcolm, love, are you all right? Oh, no. Oh, thank goodness. Now, let me look at you. I'm fine, Mum. She doesn't change. I can't tell you how worried I've been. I know. So good to see you, love. I just want to get you home. Not quite yet, I'm afraid. I don't think it works like that, Moira. Is, uh, is your dad here? Hello, Moira. He's here. Well, tell him I've, I've come to talk some sense into him. You are coming home with me. Ah, home. And a cup of tea to cure all ills. How comforting. Well, he can hear you. You just can't hear him. Thank goodness. <laughs> where, where, where is he? In front of you. Can you not see the shimmering? No. Well, never mind. Now, Mike. Oh. I bet it was a surprise you ending up as a ghost, wasn't it? You're not always right about everything, you know. Always the point scoring. He says he's pleased to see you. He never believed you, Malcolm. True. About seeing ghosts. Just a febrile imagination. There's no such thing. <laughs> well, you can laugh on the other side of your historical materialist face now, can't you? Has she just come to lambast He apologises. I don't. I should hope so. How is he? He's all right. As well as to be expected. He says as, as well as to be expected. Oh, Mike. What possessed you? How did it end like this? It hasn't ended. It hasn't ended. I'm still working for the good of the cause. I'm still working for the good of the cause. Oh, you don't get it, do you? An ironic capitalist is still a capitalist. Says the shopkeeper. <coughs> he says, I know. Malcolm. <laughs> You're so right. Victor, stop him. No, 
I enjoy a touching family reunion. Oh, he says, um, I'm very sorry for all that I've done. I don't believe this. This is barefaced lying. Yeah, well... Where is he exactly? Just in front of you. Here? Yeah, that's where the shimmering is. He's there. I think this is the nearest we're going to get to a hug, Mike. I still love you, you know. And in spite of it all, I love you, Moira. And I love you, Moira. Oh, I feel a bit weird doing this. I've never stopped loving you. Oh, um... He says, I've never stopped loving you. Thanks, Victor. Or Malcolm. Or Malcolm. Well, now's the time to prove it. You need to let us all go, love. You got Malcolm to come here because you wanted to see him. You knew if you kept him here, then I'd follow. You think that's why? You think that's why? I know you too well, Mike Holmes. Is that right? Well, you've, you've seen us now, and you know we're okay. But when you truly love someone, you have to let them go. I did with you. That isn't why Malcolm was brought here. Of course it was. Why else? Your reunion, poignant though it is, must be interrupted. Malcolm has a task. He's coming home. It has been helpful. You're following him here. <laughs> now Malcolm has two reasons to help us. Oh, no. If he fails to comply, we shoot one of you. Dad? Oh, there'll be no shooting. It would give Malcolm the opportunity to reflect. If he continued to fail to comply, we still have the other one to shoot. Oh, Mike, he's got to be joking. I'm afraid that he's not. Dad, you'd let him kill them. What's he saying? Moira, certainly. What do you mean? Malcolm? How can you do that to her? I love her. So you'd have her killed? What's he saying, Malcolm? I do love her, in spite of it all. Moira, with her funny little ways, and what spirit. Think about it. She's preferable to centuries alone. You can't. She's great fun, your mother. Well, she wouldn't be if you killed her. Malcolm? She'd get over it. Oh, please, Dad. But it's not your father's choice. What? A ghost can't pull a trigger. Thank goodness. I give the order. And I choose to obey or not. Your mother won't die. Thank you. Sense at last. Just so long as you comply. Oh, this is getting us nowhere. I beg to differ. This is the climax of many months' planning. And the task is not difficult. Look, this has gone on long enough. We are not staying. Come on, you two. Stop! No! no stop it! No, please! I am using no, it! No, please. Don't, no. please! Sit down! Thank you. So much more civilized. Oh, please. Please don't point that at us. I'm not good with you. Breathe deeply. It's okay. We'll keep still. I'm quiet. It's all right, Malcolm. Now oh, listen to the gentleman. Are you okay? Just about. The task is neither dangerous nor illegal. Go on. You take this letter. Here. Okay. You go to the central Moscow bank. Here. What's this? A sad nerve. It is said to take you there on foot. Show him the screens. Here. Look. 
We will watch you. Where's that? Oh, we have a feed from virtually every CCTV system in the world. This is the Central Moscow Bank exterior and the interior. We watch you all the way. Make sure I behave. Indeed. Now, you see the base door in the corner? On the left. Uh, here. I'll go close up. I, I see it. You go through there and here... This is the view inside the room. Okay. You tell that man at the desk who you are, give him the letter, he will do a swab and then take a small blood sample. He's not very good with needles. Uh, and then what? A few seconds later, you can access the biometrically locked account. What's he talking about? Only a close blood relative of Mike's can access the account. Hence the swabs and blood test. Give him the book, Victor. You are put at a terminal. Take the book. Thanks. The screen comes up, asking you how much money to transfer and where to. You punch all and then enter the account number that I've written in the book. You enter it three times. You press OK. OK. Your job is then done. You're free to go. Moira and Polly will also be free to go. I don't know if I trust you. I'm not sure there's much choice. Listen to your friend. You have 18 minutes to do this. He's timed it. It'll take 18 minutes if you don't dawdle. We don't want you to dawdle. And to that end, I have just one question. What's that? It is for myself. Yes? Who should I shoot first? <laughs> Victor! Victor, put her down! You must do this. Go now, come, go now. You have 18 minutes to get to the bank or I'll shoot her. Please, no. You'll make it if you hurry. Not Polly. Ah, your mother, Polly. No. I have a spare hostage, remember? Take this at Nevin, go. Do it, Mal. For me. Oh, no. The only thing I'll ever ask of you. Go on, Malcolm. I'm going. Don't shoot her. Please, don't shoot Polly. In episode three of Project Archangel by Jenny Stevens, Malcolm was played by Dan Hagley, Polly by Emily Chenery, and Moira by Sunny Ormond. Victor Peshkov was played by Christian Rodska and Mike by Richard Derrington. Project Archangel was directed in Birmingham by Peter Leslie Wilde. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to join us tomorrow for yet another amazing story.